up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the geek nation you're currently tuning into the cold pop podcast live stream aka spoiler alert and 46 where we review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure mm. i'm your host johnny destructo owner of johnny destructo's hero complex located at 4327 main street philadelphia pa a rad ass shop for all nerds uh, of all shapes and sizes, except jerks, no jerks allowed. Most people have been kind of cool with the men. You know, we, we're still masking up mm. for the customers. Uh, we have a, a BB, a little BB boy. And uh, also, the, the cases are on the rise, but mostly, everyone's been kind of chill. And uh, we give out free masks if they don't have one. Uh, there's been a couple of people who are like harumph their way out the door. Um, but they're jerks, so they, they didn't stick around. This is the part where I write anything in the script and JD reads it. Skeetle daddle, you little skipper skid, toodle doo bum, fun times, forever, amen. With me this morning are people of which I am mildly fond. First up is Brian Lieb. Brian, who is your favorite Marvel villain and why? Oh, favorite Marvel villain? That's a good question. The name that jumps first to mind. Is Kang the Conqueror. He's a time travel guy. He's got a council of him. That's cool. Uh, it doesn't always work out well for the Kangs, but whatever. Uh, um, that's pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, that's that's my first thought. Um, the High Evolutionary, I don't think, is a villain. Hey, it's, it's a baby. What's happening? Is, is my baby your favorite Marvel villain? I hope not. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, okay. Let's see. Next up is the dashing, debonair, delightful, dedicated, um, de- delicious guy. It's Len, the bad dribble. <laughs> Len, same question. Favorite Marvel villain, but wrong answers only. Oh, wrong answers? Who would my f- the, the my favorite not Marvel villain is just which is the way I'm taking that would be uh, <laughs> uh would it be then um typeface. no it wouldn't be typeface it would be oh what's it what's that what's that what's that that shark woman that killer whale no that killer whale villain of Batman yeah Um, because I just think that's a lazy name for a villain (laughs) and um, and I think it's just just a boring villain so yes that's my favorite not Marvel villain that was so wrong in so many ways it was every angle of wrong (laughs) (laughs) last and rightfully so no Anyway, thank you for joining everyone uh, on Facebook. Facebook, Oh, Uh, I wrote the question. I I figured it was unfair. 
All right. I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did Wrong you answers. Doing this lot. Go ahead. No, I, I wrong answers only was uh, uh, was a really good interpretation. That's all. Okay. Cool. Uh, the joy of doing this live is uh, having you all in the chat. So pipe up if you feel so inclined, and we may comment live during the show on the thing that you have just previously piped up about. Before we get into the comics, we've got letters. We got letters. Letters. We've got lots of letters. Lots of letters and letters and letters and letters and lots of letters. End scene. All right. This is from Christopher Goodnight. It's called Old. I need you all to go waste 12 to $15 on the movie Old so I can have a discussion with someone who has seen the movie. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, because I, I, uh, I had to look this up. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> oh, um, you, didn't, you don't know the movie. Okay. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. And by the way, can we put a moratorium on comically fucking up this guy's name M. Night Shyamalan you have to do the Shyamalama Dong, the Shyamalama little diddle like just like, relax about it's, it it's been 20 years it's still a thing yeah, um, I'm comfortable with that JD yeah. you make fun of everybody's name but not Shyamalama Dongs. but not people whose names <laughs> might usually be yeah made no fun of. JD destroys normal <laughs> words regular names <laughs> like <laughs> nice. regular names uh, regular names to his experience yeah. or he'll <laughs> add like a weird uh Skadeedle in the middle of a name, yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. It's not mispronouncing that the issue. I think it's just um, it's just being annoying. A compulsion, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> a compul- nice. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, R R R A J Arthur J- Raj Raj Rajasor Rajasor uh, says hello. Hello. Chime in with the pronunciation of your name if you like. Rajasor. Oh, look, my son. Oh. Hey. Um, anyway, so old is a movie by Anna <laughs> Shyamalan, where I guess people wake up on a beach and then they age <clears throat> fast. Right. That's all I know about the movie. I haven't seen it. Um, um, I, I am. I'm one of those people who keeps wanting M Night Shyamalan to make good movies, uh, and um, sometimes it doesn't how's that working out? out? Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I I saw the trailer. Uh, I know that I'm never going to see it, so I actually read about it. I don't oh, care about it. enjoying the twist. I actually just read about it. I did the exact same thing. I was yeah. like, I kind of want to know what the twist is, but I'm not watching that movie. Let's just find out. Yeah, I mean, is. yeah, fool me, fool me 12 <laughs> times, and I'm not going to keep seeing your movies. I'll get there with Zack Snyder eventually, but I'm definitely already there with M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, I'm there with Zack Snyder. I didn't even bother with Army of the Dead. Uh, I did, I, only because it keeps being a part of the conversation. Um, M. Night Shyamalan movies usually are don't have that much weight. Hmm. Although, I mean, Unbreakable is still in my top favorite movies. It's a great movie. And it's just been a long time. It's a, it's a twist every time. And so you're just kind of like, what's the twist? And then eh, I haven't seen one in so long that I can't comment on any of the recent ones. I, uh, I love, I still love, um, the sixth sense. I love yeah. Breakable. Yeah. I love, uh, the I even like signs. Swing away. I, signs. 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 Yeah, I liked uh, I thought, the village. I, like the I thought the village was enjoyable. Not a lot of people did. You mean the fake Skeksis? Yeah. What? I I, the that, weird no. thing about that movie, and there's no reason for this to have happened, uh, is when I saw the trailer for the village, mm-hmm. I called the twist. Like in the theater when I first saw the trailer, 
And then when I saw the movie, I was mad that I knew the twist. I'll tell you what, JD, when I saw the trailer for The Sixth Sense, I was like, oh, Ghost Detective, cool. That's going to be a cool movie. I have no idea why I thought that. I just <laughs> thought that's what that movie was about. And then I saw it, and it, and it was. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, Len, how do you feel about M. Night Shyamalan's movies? Uh, I like a few of them i like i like a couple of them that people don't like um like i like you a couple of you guys i like the village i, yeah, I thought cool. the village was it was interesting i actually like um what is, what's the one with the um the fairy Say tale happened. lady in the water lady, oh, in, lady the in the water, water. Uh, I, I never got around to that yeah cool, i actually Oof. when i saw it i really really liked it i've recently watched it in the last like two or three years and and then i think i saw what other people were bitching about because it's it's so super on the nose, but it, it's intently on the nose. So you're like, is that good or bad? I didn't care. I liked it. I thought it was cute and I liked the acting in it. So I, uh, so I enjoyed it. I um, but then the happening happened and I was like, oh, God. Um, and, and Killer air, man. And as much as I like Unbreakable, I'm like every other superhero guy. When you see Unbreakable, you loved Unbreakable. Yes. The second time you see Unbreakable, you still love Unbreakable. Wow. His name was After, Mr. Glass, Lim. <laughs> After that, Unbreakable, actually, while it's still not a bad movie, I don't enjoy it as much because, and I felt this when I first saw it, it's too damn slow. The movie is just so slow. And I'm like, yo. And, and M. Night has a way of doing that. Because I felt that with Split. I felt that with... Um, uh, what's the, the one that had all three of them? Glass. Glass. I thought Glass was slow. Glass was boring. Glass ended stupid. Um, I, everything about Glass was stupid. You, you mentioned Glass the first time you unbreakable. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. I wanted to. I just didn't get to it. But... Um, like so many movies. Len, you mentioned when we first saw it, all of us remember it, that that treated comics seriously. And no movie did that at that time. Talking about you know? Unbreakable. Like, yeah. yeah, Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. So that went a long, long, long way. Um, and luckily, that's not the case anymore with, with movies. Yeah. And I have no interest in seeing old. I did read about it, too. So note about the hook <laughs> of it. Um, and to answer your question, Christopher, good night. You may need us to go see it, but that's not going to happen. So you will have to look for someone in your local yeah. area or another podcast to provide you the conversations for which you are looking for, because you will well, not I'm, find one here. I'm sorry. I mean, you I'll I want to. Is, is it streaming or is it only? No, no, it's no. exclusively in the theaters. It's in the theaters. Oh, it's in the theaters. So you I'll, may get yeah. what you I'll, want. We'll yeah. In a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Another letter. Uh, this is from Anthony Drago, longtime friend of the show, Far Sector. Hey, guys. I wanted to comment on something I found disappointing. No. <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> That's, it. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean I wish I wish no, it's that fantastic. Well yeah. we'll play That's I guess right. we'll play J D. I wanted to give Anthony Drago the credit. I feel, no, I feel burned. Sorry. Uh, Noel mentioned <laughs> on his recent video how much he enjoyed Far Sector, which reminded yeah. me of this. In DC previews, we see that this series is being collected as a trade paperback. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> I have been looking forward to this collection and I wanted a nice looking hardcover. In fact, this mm. art deserves the oversized deluxe hardcover. Joe is a great character from an important creator. This collection deserved better than the trade paperback. 
Every book from Hill House got a hardcover release, but Far Sector goes straight to trade paperback? Get the F asterisk 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 out of here. The only thing I can hope is that DC is trying to double dip on its fans and that a deluxe mm. version will come later, but I honestly cannot understand this decision. I am going to wholeheartedly unagrees. Um, uh, oh, oh, goodness. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Um, no way. We- <laughs> I, I agree. I thought I was waiting for the hardcover on this, too. I was really excited for a hardcover. And I was really surprised that it was coming out as a softcover first. I wasn't. I, I, yeah, no, I, I wasn't. I, um, okay. uh, yeah, first of all, I don't think you can compare it to the Hill House books. Um, Joe Hill has a baked in, even though he didn't write all of them, he has a baked in audience that expects a hardcover, like outside of comic books. So like those were going to get hardcovers before anything else. Now they're getting a box set because it's going to be easy to like sell to bookstores. But um, if you look at all of the 12 issue maxi series that they've done over the last like five or six years, they always have a soft cover first. Always. And then like three or four later, for three or four years later, they get the 12 issue deluxe. So like um, Mr. Miracle just got a deluxe hardcover. Um, Omega Men got a deluxe hardcover. Uh, and then after that, if those sell, they'll do like the even like the absolute version. But now they want they just want to get people to buy in first. I, I yeah, I, 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 I'm not surprised. Even even White Knight didn't get a deluxe hardcover first and that sold like the dickens i can see that because to me and i could be wrong i think that the hardcover has become more and more for the collector (laughs) as opposed to the soft cover is for the person that actually kind of wants to read it so that makes sense to make the 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 take time to really package out a collector's edition but still you can it's quicker to put it together in a you know a soft cover and and get it out there so it makes absolute perfect sense for 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 anyone that was waiting to read it for it to be collected just buy this because you'll have to wait like first of all you buying this will ensure that that deluxe gets made and then uh like the sales of it will like the sale of it will ensure it. But then also you shouldn't wait three or four years to read this story. This book is fantastic. So well, pick up the t- 29.99 trade paperback. Something tells me though, that in, in regard in that regards, because in the world of science fiction and Afrofuturistic um, stories, yeah. MK Jemison is definitely a name. I don't think the hardcover will take that long after the soft cover to come like out. One year, maybe. Uh, probably, maybe, probably yeah. within a year. Mm. Well, uh, one of the weirder, like, first of all, DC has very, like, Marvel has, like, a specific workflow with how things are collected. You know, like, it will always be a mm-hmm. soft cover first, and then maybe an oversized hard cover for two soft cover collected together. And then when a run is over, they'll go to an abs- or an omnibus. That's it. DC goes left and right and like like uh, if you look at um Doomsday Clock it was a yeah. half of the story was hardcover standard size hardcover and then the other half was a standard size hardcover so like issue 7 to 12 in a slipcase but then they did a soft cover of all 12 of them and this was like within 6 months of each other like they didn't even like let the market breathe to pick a format before they started just like kept coming out with formats 
and then I, I don't know. It's just DC is they do what they want. Some stuff goes directly to Absolute, which is weird. So I don't know. Yeah, but about- uh, the only thing I'm going to say, and then let you go, be the only thing I want to say in, in regards to DC, what they have has happened there that hasn't happened at Marvel is that you they have constant turnover of the people that are in charge so therefore strategies keep getting Mm -hmm. like you know fucked around with Mm -hmm. you know so that kind of also unfortunately makes sense absolutely yeah yeah i think also the hardcovers often come in plastic right so if pardon me yeah if you're especially now where uh collected editions are a way that gets new readers in you want something that they can look through, mm-hmm. right? And then you increase your readership for the eventual That's right. hardcover. That's true. You know, later on. That's a good point. Like, it, bottom line, best story of last year. Just go get it. Even better than other other history of the DC universe. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed oh, Far yeah. Sector a lot more than oh, other yeah. history of the DC universe. That's like that's like saying um, uh, best movie. And some things feel vital. Some things feel enjoyable. Yeah. And and the far sector is a story with you know beats and action and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. The history of the DC universe is a biography. It's a, you know it's an I mean? appendices. It's an appendices of events in yeah. DC history, but through right. different perspectives. It's like it's like comparing Schindler's List and I don't know a a great action movie. Like they're, they're totally different things. They're both fantastic. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, let's move on to this week's books. We're going to start off with Amazing Fantasy Number One from Marvel Comics, written and arted by Kari Andrews. Experience these heroes like never before. Red Room, Black Widow, Teenage Spider-Man, World War II, Captain America. The most iconic versions of your favorite Marvel characters from across time and space all wake up on an island of intrigue, darkness, and dot 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 amazing fantasy? Are they dead? Are they dreaming? Or have they truly been transported to another fantastic realm? And is there any way for them to return home? This isn't just a love letter to your favorite Marvel eras. It's a reinvestment in the seminal characters you've always loved plucked from their quintessential timeline um is um <laughs> jesus christ is uh uh pre preteen black widow a quintessential timeline version of that character what but i guess it had to happen you know what since the movies came out i would say it is like an unexplored uh, part of her past because did the Red Room even exist before the movies? They probably mentioned it one or two times. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but, okay. to J- but to JD's oh. question, is that still yeah. doesn't mean that that's the quintessential time period in her life. You know what I mean? I oh, would think sure. for her. Yeah, she was a teenager. I would yeah. think she 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 doesn't flip to the to the good side until she's an adult. So there's a there's a big gap there that seems a little bit more quintessential to mm. me. Um, but it's, you know, it's neither here nor there. So whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just being silly. Um, so yeah, um, this is actually an interesting story. Uh, I like when characters are plucked from different points in time and thrown together, a la maybe Avengers Forever, even though do not ever go back and try and reread that. Um, <laughs> I, I do like that type of story. Uh, and I thought this was kind of fun. I think this cover does it a huge disservice. 
Mm -hmm. um, it, it does not make me want to pick it up. Uh, I have no idea what's happening, what's going on. If because of this cover, it makes me actively not want to read this book. Uh, I like Kare Anjos quite a bit. Uh, he is a very talented digital painter and artist, and uh, the the interior art is very good. And I like the way it changes styles in between different segments. I think that's very cool. As well, but yeah, this oof, this cover. Uh, I know it's a throwback Ooh. to much older comic books. But yeah, this seeing this on the shelf, I would skip right over it and not even give it a second glance. Um, uh, what did you guys think of the story, Noel? Um, I well, I, I'll push back on the cover first. Like, I, um, it's not really for uh, like we're not readers of Conan or right, Amazing right. Fantasy, so it's not for us. But this cover, I think, is very much for them. Who's that? So. I, people that read I saw that yeah. cover and I was like, yo, I'm excited yeah. about this comic. The people, like, <laughs> the people that are into like yeah. a sword of sorcery, the big yeah. fantasy type of things. The those those comics yeah. have these painted covers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, the, the, yeah, but the book inside like, is not a Frazetta story. It's a superhero story from well, I, people I mean, that have been sucked so, out of time. But he's got his everything. Field. You know everything, cap, in, you know? everything in this cover is actually in the story. Oh, little buddy. Everything in this cover is in the story. It's just yeah. it, the the style is wild. Um, now there's but, no um, one to argue against. Oh, JD's back. <laughs> no, little man. <laughs> hey, uh, it's it's fine. Little man is is a uh, is hungry. but um, yeah. Um, the the story the story itself was fine. Um, I thought this was fine. Uh, it's it's as as the solicitor mentions, taking a bunch of characters. Um, at, pluck them out of pieces of their time. I guess they're multiversal versions of the characters too. Um, like you know, it's not six one six Spider Man or Cap or or Black Widow. But yeah, um, it was all right. The reveal at the end was kind of like all right. Um, I mean, I wasn't hyper compelled to keep reading beyond issue one, but it's not because I disliked anything. It was just more like there's other stuff I'd rather read. I'll I'll pop back in three issues from now if people are talking about it being amazing it's pretty much that was my thought of it all like it's it's well done it's fun i would have actually preferred for this to be a bigger issue i'm fine with it being a mini series but i would prefer to for this to be like maybe a four three forty page comics as opposed to one you know five 20 something page books uh i like the art of it the changing of the styles i really like the the style in the black widow section of it it's pretty dope um i enjoyed it i'm not i didn't buy into the story so much but i think that maybe collected i might think something different um but it's fun it's fun to see these people in, in different different way from a different perspective um it's interesting though I, I i'm just looking at one page here that this is supposed to be like a more teenage spider-man and the spider-man kind of like looks like everyday adult spider-man to me but i mean that's just a a, a nitpick but it, it's it's it is it is you know it's it, it's what it is it's fun it's i actually would have preferred though for them to go wilder and maybe they will for them to go wilder onto the fantasy element you know this feels like mm -hmm. it's still a little tame it's still like tippy toeing around it yeah. so so much so that it feels like um what was that neil gaiman book from years ago uh um, 1602 yeah. 
Whatever, whatever it was, it feel it feels like it's tiptoeing around what it really wants to be, right? Oh, I loved that comic. No, I like that comic, oh, yeah. but I wanted this because the cover, like to JD's point, is so baked in that mm. old school sort yeah. of sorcery. I yeah. wanted them to, you know, I'm I'm cool with where they start with, but I wanted to lean into mm. that even further. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I would. If, well, I would like just to double back on the cover. Yeah, I I will completely agree whether you like the cover or not. It does not um, articulate the actual tone of the book mm-hmm. yet. I, yeah. I think it's fair so once it you get into the fantasy. Like once you get there. But yeah, I saw the cover and I opened the book and I was like, hey, where's the stuff from the cover? <laughs> well, even the, to- you voted, not a U-boat, even the tone, the even the tone is different. Even when he yeah. gets the fantasy stuff, the yeah. tone of, of how yeah, it's not like it's not the same as the sword and sorcery. Not to think Robert Tosh. The cover did kind of make me think it was going to be a brand new fantasy version of these characters. Like, not the cat that you know Mm -hmm. into a Mm -hmm. fantasy world. I will say this about the cover and in the inside. So, cat's indestructible shield has arrows sticking out of it. I can only assume those are suction cup arrows. (laughs) Maybe... (laughs) <laughs> no, what it is is all three of them were shot at the same time, and this is right before they bounce off. Right as they hit the shield. Yeah, it's right as they <laughs> Have you guys... So, um, uh, to give away the, the twist at the end, I guess, or at least oh, yeah. the the reality ver- version, or the reality based on what the characters in the story think, mm-hmm. they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, so this which, is the afterlife, which, if that's the case... Is anybody familiar with that Mark Miller, uh, Greg Capullo story from a couple years ago, Reborn? No, no. Ever read that? It's it's pretty good. It's and like for a Mark Miller story, it's actually pretty pretty wonderful. But it's essentially when you pass away, you find yourself in this other land that has its own hierarchy. So like the afterlife is actually its own kind of quasi barbaric, quasi sci fi existence where like you are world. searching for your uh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I've never seen that, so I don't. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, your, your afterlife is actually, it's really just like the step to the next place where you're going to do something else. And this very much felt like that. Mm. Wasn't it, wasn't it a recently a wonder woman story we read that kind of dealt around? Wonder woman is currently in, uh, various afterlife realms afterlives. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it has been really good. Wonder Woman, I've really been enjoying it. There was a new one yeah, out she's on, last week. I she's think. in like a, yeah, isn't she on like a tour of afterlifes or her? Yeah, or, or two afterlives in a realm. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> two afterlives in a realm. In a realm. <laughs> sequel to Three Men and a Baby? <laughs> yes. Uh, but it was a Much prequel later. to Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like the art on this a lot. I like Carrie yeah. Andrews. We had seen, um, he had done a creator-owned series uh, several months ago. E... e- oh. E- uh, um, erratic. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's the same guy. Yeah, that was kind of cool. It was cool looking. Yeah. It was Spider-Man, but instead of webs, it was electric. Box. Pretty much. Oh, was he the mm-hmm. guy with the costume that nobody liked, but I thought was cool? Very uh, 90s. Hey, yes. like throwback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> That's Got the one. it. Uh, right. I, final verdict on this book is like it's it's cool, uh, but I do I do I agree with Len. This would this would be totally cool if it was like three prestige. That's what I said. Uh, issues it feels that, like that, a that book, right? A hundred yeah, page. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm done with this book. Hi, Shoshan. <laughs> but she was walking so, behind you. Oh. So that's why I said. That's a perfectly reasonable reason. That's, that's the usual reason. <laughs> JD, do you there want me to take again. this one? What? Do you want yeah, me to take, take this? this one? Yes. All right, please. <laughs> uh, vamp. The notes are loading. All right. Okay. All right. Well, then I will vamp because I just saw something this weekend that is not as I didn't think it is as bad as everybody is making it out to be. Oh, great. But it's not good. And, <laughs> and, and that is Space Jam 2. Oh, okay. oh it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's, it's not It's not. It's not good. It's no. a big jumbled mess. Yes. Um, and it you could almost i was telling somebody um yesterday that you could almost feel them taking the script and giving it to a bunch of writers to punch it up with jokes and the jokes fall so flat <laughs> every one of them I, worse than that I, I, yeah the jokes are really really bad like they're even bad for dad jokes the mm-hmm. the uh what was it south Park had a whole episode about how Family Guy episodes are written. It's a big tank of manatees, and and there's a bunch of beach balls. Oh, and beach I ball remember has that. Like a word on it. I remember. And then that. The, when the manatee hits a beach ball, that's a plot point or or dialogue. <laughs> this was that, but all the beach balls had some sort of Warner Brothers IP written on it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. At, uh, they would tell the tank of manatees like, "Where does LeBron go now?" And it's like hits the Game of Thrones ball, and then they had to write Game of Thrones in. This whole thing was like a the yes. Game of and. Thrones was in it. Everything is referenced. If it's Warner oh. Brothers, it's referenced. It was. Yeah. It was so. It wasn't cute. After a while, it was just like transparent, and it was. Mm-hmm. I I was annoyed, and then mm-hmm. the whole climax of the movie is fifty minutes long. Like the, yeah, the basketball climax. game at the end, the basketball game at the end is like forty five. Is more is more than half the movie. And I tried to watch it, and like you know, try to detach my adult self and say, okay, if I was a kid, could I get lost in the you know just the cartoon of it all, you know? But and but I found myself it if I'm. If I was a kid, I don't think I still would enjoy it because I think there was just over the top nonsense and 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 I'm I'm for doing computer animated version of the Warner Brothers characters, mm-hmm. but you still have to make them look like their characters, which means you still got to cartoon it up. You should not be able to see the fur on Bugs Bunny. I'm Wait, sorry. I, I thought they looked cool. I th- I think they could have pulled I, back on that a little bit. I thought they looked cool, but I don't think they used them well. No, well, so no, like, they didn't use them well at all. You just you lost the like when they became more real, they became less loony, mm-hmm. and that was that was kind of like the the, the disconnect. But the the special effects looked great. See, I see. Well, to me, when they ultimately decided that they were going to be loony and just like that's how they were going to turn the game around, I would have loved for them to go back to being. <laughs> To yeah. the animation because that's when they're at the looniest. They didn't really look loony. 
movie when you it's, can see the effort. Yeah, I just it's it, not a good movie. The only one that it, worked it was good. yeah, it just wasn't it it, it wasn't worth and it, and and oh my god, and I can't believe there's not a kid in the world that would cringe at Porky Pig rhyming like that is so 1990s. Did he do like a rap? Uh, yeah, yes. he did a rap. Uh, it's, it's, it's Does he announce his name and what he is there to say? <laughs> Yeah, yes. notorious PIG, and I'm here to say, and then he did a whole thing. But um, I did hear. So I was listening to the the film cast, which is now the film cast and not the slash film cast anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, but they had a guest on who did talk about um that and how when he was younger he loved Porky Pig. Uh, or well, Porky Pig is based on a singer or a country singer who had a terrible stutter, but was able when he was able to sing, lost his stutter. So the whole impetus of that was supposed to be kind of if you, you know, like children that have stutters know that there's a way to communicate, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. he was like, I love that aspect of it. But in the movie, it was just really stupid. Yeah. And I was like, it- yeah, no, that's totally fair. That's fair, but that's not noted really in the movie not at all. <laughs> so um, I, I watched, know that was a part of Porky Pig at all, and I mean I didn't see the movie, but I've seen Looney Tunes a lot. The the affectation is based off of I swear to God I don't know who the you know bluegrass nineteen thirties uh, singer <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, but it's, sure. it's <laughs> no, I didn't um, know he was based off of somebody or or anything like the, that. The diet, like the dialogue pattern is or the he the never sings pattern. though in the like porky pig no. doesn't say that <laughs> they left no. out the important part of, of but it was, you know. it's the the real person has that story not porky pig that is uh, the thing but, though um people that stutter can often sing without stuttering yeah from what i hear yeah i think it's fascinating um i watched i i watched um we will get to this comic. I'm sorry, but I watched uh masters of the universe revelation this oh this i did as well so what did you think of it no I actually thought it was really, really cool. I, I thought it was really cool. I, I don't remember the old show at all, mm-hmm. uh, at all. Um, so I love the that the first episode gives you everything. It, it essentially climaxes the whole old show. Second climax. The bad guy. The first. The first episode is the climax of the fir- of the old show. Like the bad guy gets exactly what he wants. The the hero has a, a pivotal moment. And then the rest of the series is kind of what happens next. And I actually, I dug it. I dug it a lot. Uh, and then more and more people were complaining about it. I kept watching it. I wasn't going to watch this at all, but oh, really? because everybody was, was kind of complaining about Did it. You I have like, a little bit of He-Man. I know you said you don't remember it, but I don't the remember toys. that well either, but I love them. I had uh, a love of the toys, okay. uh, but no, I really, really like the show. And yeah. I, have you guys seen it? Yes. yes. I've watched the first episode and I, piece of the second by the by the fifth episode the the reveal or like the the twist at the fifth episode i legitimately gasped i was like what the and and that was that was a reaction i was not expecting at all so i I, like to that to me that means it was successful and i enjoyed it just to go on what i feel is going to be a gradient um i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was very cool but, and this is I, a lot of fault of the marketing and just the reasonable expectations that He-Man would be in it. Um, the marketing did not show that it was this story. The marketing was like, hey, check out He-Man <laughs> in his return after 30 years. So I understand why people are like, hey, where was He-Man, right? It was a good story and I enjoyed it, but 
uh, I was excited. I was excited to see He-Man doing his thing. You know what I mean? And also maybe they should have released it all at once. I think rather than in two parts and you'd get uh, the full story, even though I have kind of been enjoying with Marvel, like things not coming out all at once and and Mm -hmm. getting to be excited about it in between. Um, So that's how I feel. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I would have liked a little bit. Glenn, you don't care about a very minor spoiler, do you? I don't care about any spoilers. All right, here we go. Listeners at home or wherever uh, you are. Wait, wait, wait. Before you do it, I would yeah. like to know what Len's opinion is of oh, the first okay. episode. Yeah. Well, again, I, I preface this by saying I've only really watched the first episode. And, I, and if I think about it, I've watched the second episode as far as it said Netflix presents. So I really haven't watched. Riveting. <laughs> so, um, but after watching the first episode, I was like, yo, I'm not for this mm. um, because it was very much like the original He-Man, except the animation style was was changed. Oh, way it, better. Yeah, yeah the, the animation style is, is 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 different. It's different. It's different whole producers, but. It was still stupid puns and silly jokes and and corny expectations and i just wasn't i was like yo this is not what i'm tuning in for like i was tuning not necessarily a wholesale reimagining but maybe a slightly different take a la netflix reboot of voltron like voltron was one thing back in his day but the netflix voltron is something totally different while still being immersed in that universe and i loved it and i was expecting something like that from he-man um well i would have liked something like that from he-man i, I would have say it was a continuation of the year well and, and i understood that i and 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 i did read that and so that told me that it wasn't going to be a reimagining <laughs> a la she-ra which was a reimagining a right. total reimagining of that so i was like all right it's going to be continuing continuing on um and i had actually just spoke with one of the writers that he was on the michelle mission last week mark bernard yeah very cool very cool dude i like him a lot um so i was looking forward to you know i said all right let me give it a give it a shot and i just i just wasn't with it um now no the way that you summed it up and it is true the first episode does kind of like feel like a completion of whatever that original storyline is so maybe it does go someplace else in the next continuing episode so maybe i will watch two or three more episodes yeah, to see dude, how it goes it because i don't it, remember that being a big part of it <laughs> yeah it's hard like yeah. there are okay there, it's it's, dude, it's a so time good. skip it's characters that are in different like versions of themselves it's um uh there's like heavy factions of magic versus tech and cults and like yeah that storyline i good think show. is pretty cool and like what skeletor's henchmen do after yeah. the power yeah. vacuum you know that kind of thing it's, uh, it, it, it is it's amazed. more than i was expecting it's more than i wanted yeah. i am amazed that i mean no i'm not of course sad boys on the internet are <laughs> angry because there's not a dude in a loincloth and there's a woman instead like that's fine okay you shut up um you know, people get upset halfway through a movie that, oh my god, our main character got killed off in the beginning of the movie. Whatever's gonna happen in this movie that's based on that character? Oh, I I can't imagine I'll ever return. Shut shut up. I mean, um, that would be the first half of a movie, though, right? If you're like, hey, I went to see 
you know, a Batman movie and Batman wasn't in the first half. Yeah. You could be upset and then about by that. The end, and then wait, by the end, he has wait, returned? Hold on. Hold on. Here's yeah. the thing. I, so you, you had mentioned that about the marketing. I've yeah, seen, yeah. I saw the marketing also. It's not called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I understand. Looking Masters back. Wait, hold on. The Even twist is revealed. But that's just but, it. And, right. and why, would, why would the creators of this show uh-huh. reveal all of the twists and and change it like why would they tell us their story yes well no no no. this is not this is not to you this is this is like the general conversation this this also happened recently with something else like uh with a comic i think where it's like they didn't bait and switch you they just not oh or it was with um uh jordan white uh the editor of the x books uh he was being asked directly is jonathan hickman writing another monthly after inferno is he writing another monthly after inferno wait and see guys i like just know that everything you're gonna be you're gonna be happy with what happens next and everyone was taking that as jonathan hickman's off guys he's done they sold us a a a bushel of goods that that are now spoiled and it's like no the editor just doesn't want to tell you what the end is yeah relax yeah it's it's infuriating the the childish response to storytelling that is trying to do something different and trying to explore other avenues of a universe that were that is frankly that's a tv it's a toy commercial um well yeah it's just infuriating the fact that they hold the original he-man in such high regard it was a toy commercial designed to get you to buy a bunch of re-sculpts of the same exact toy yeah. over and over again with Tell different them. heads on it. Like Prince Adam and E-Man look exactly the Reach. same with slightly I, yeah. different color skin. I, um, yeah. So I'd Reach. like to put a cap on this because I, well, I'm not you know, done. The, the next book we're gonna the next book we're gonna talk about is also a part of this kind of conversation online about how yeah. Hmm. My point all right, uh, sure. Yeah. The, my, my point is it's great. You should watch it. Um uh uh, that's it. It's it's a real. I was really surprised. I had no interest in it because I thought it was going to be another He-Man show, and I don't care about He-Man. Um, and well, the fact that it's dealing so that, with, but, <laughs> you can see why people would feel differently, right? I I care. I about don't He-Man care about He-Man awesome. because it was a toy commercial okay. designed to sell me. Here we go. Different bo- different heads on the same body okay. uh, ad nauseum. <laughs> um. And um, Battle Cat was even a toy from a different toy line that they just had to sell. Was so it? They, they had too many yes. of them, so they created <laughs> Battle Cat so they could sell us that toy. Yeah, that's um, Stephen Root. Made... I didn't realize. Yeah, Stephen Root yes. is yes. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, so, I mean, I grew up on He-Man. I had all of the toys. They got me, hook, line, and sinker. But as someone who was coming in as a grown man, and this is a cash grab on a an old uh, 40-year-old property, I was like... All right, well, I'll, I'll check it out. See how it goes. It's, I like Kevin Smith enough. It's um, very well written. But it's very too. good. It, it actually is very well written. Like the characters yeah. have full arcs in just five episodes. It's actually really yeah. good. But um, uh, anybody anybody interested in the longer version of this conversation? John Suntress and Word Balloon actually had mm-hmm. Tim Seeley on as a guest. Tim Seeley, comic book creator, hack slash the whole nine, uh, a lot of DC stuff. He was response like he has done so much Masters of the Universe like work and like from from uh, uh, encyclopedias, current like series, web series. Like he has been working with Master of the Universe for twenty years his opinion of all five episodes and they talk it through. And it's actually a really cool conversation because they have a lot of, like he's known the whole story for the last two years because he was helping with like all of the making of books that are coming out soon. So 
It's cool. It, it was a cool conversation. Oh. Uh, no, the minor spoiler was I was hoping we'd see the two swords used independently a little bit. Oh, that would have been thought, pretty dope yeah, too. And yeah, we yeah. might still, we might still, because the way that everything is kind of like. Oh, interesting. And yeah, man. All the power in that place, and then how to remove it from that place now, and you've got like a maimed. Act. It was a great ending. Like, if anything, it set up so many oh, yeah. possibilities, and I'm super, super excited. I, I don't have the same visceral dislike for the property that, not that JD has a visceral dislike. It's just no, like I don't. I, I'm more. I'm more indifferent. I'm just indifferent. Like, I love He-Man. That's totally cool. Do I? Do I know all the ins and outs? No. I, I, w- if it was the same thing, would I be so hyped? No. But then when everybody started saying that it's so different, and oh my god, they were being very hyperbolic. I was like, shit, I have to watch this now. And I found what? myself loving it. I, I feel like I've not made myself clear. I don't dislike <laughs> He-Man. I grew up loving He-Man. I had all of the toys. Um, I was very much into the cartoon and the toys. But as a grown man, looking back, I am able to separate yeah. my childhood fascination with a toy commercial and then go, oh, look, they're trying to tell an actual story here. I appreciate that. Thank you, Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, nice. Let's move on to Son of Superman, Son of Kal-El. Uh, add the stream. My baby really likes this microphone. He keeps keeps going for it. DC Comics, Tom Taylor, art by John Timms. Jonathan Kent has experienced a lot in his young life. He's fought evil with Robin, Damian Wayne, traveled across galaxies with his Kryptonian grandfather, and lived in the future with a legion of superheroes who were intent on training him for the day his father could no longer be Superman. There is a hole in the Legion's history that prevents John from knowing exactly when that will happen, but all signs point to it being very soon. It's time for the son to wear the cape of his father and continue the never-ending battle as a symbol of hope for his home planet. Uh, This is by Tom Taylor, and that is what made me very excited to read this, because he's one of my favorite current writers. Mm -hmm. And... um, he didn't disappoint. I think this is really solid. Uh, I'm behind on the Philip Kennedy Johnson Superman Action Comics storyline that's been going on. Uh, I do know that it's been building toward the uh, events of Future State in many ways. Um, and so now we've got Superman, Son of Kal-El, uh, with a throwback cover, which I think is really yeah. cool. Yeah. I like this cover a lot. Um, and then the first thing I do when I open up is Batman 89. Uh, I'm very excited about Batman 89 <laughs> miniseries. Uh, I was very excited when I opened that page. Um, uh, I think my only my only problem with this is the artwork. Uh, I'm not a super I'm not a big fan of the artwork. I think it's fine, um, but I think this was really really good, really good Tyler Superman stuff. What did you guys think? Uh, you say me? I ju- I um. I liked it. I, it's it's, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm too like you. The art doesn't really 100% sell me, but uh, I enjoyed it well enough. Um, I like this idea. I like this idea of this super, and I guess we are calling him Superman, right? Or mm-hmm. we all, um, but but for lacks for all intents and purposes, he's like a super boy. Um, so I like the idea of this super boy being around with Superman. Um, I thought it was it, it it's pretty cool. Um, I'm buying in. I'm buying into any book that has Superman and Batman smiling at each other for a four <laughs> page. Uh, I'm buying in. I'm like I'm like happy to see that because nice. Batman does have other fucking emotions, people. Um, <laughs> so I, I appreciated that. Um, 
I too kind of like fell off. <laughs> on... yeah, 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 there you go. There you go. Well, not that Batman. But anyway, um, I like, you know, I'm a sucker for a, a cool Lois Lane. This was Lois Lane. It was interesting the way that she was giving her baby, having a baby. I was like, what is this? Strong J? Is this, is this, uh, is this, uh, um, uh, Boomer, the movie Boomerang. What's happening here? That that that's a reference that all my black fans will love. Oh, um, I got the reference. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> I, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> so did I too. <laughs> um, but it's 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 cool. It, it, it's pretty dope. I I liked it enough that I would continue reading this. A thing about the art, and I don't know if JD has noticed this, and I noticed this in a couple of books lately, is that when they do Superman. Um, and this is really a nitpick and not Superboy, but Superman. More often than not, I've noticed they have gone in whoever I guess right now I can only assume is editorial and taken out whatever the artist has drawn as Superman's shield and they have used their stock footage of what his shield is and manipulated it on the art uh-huh. and, I, and, and to fit. And I noticed that a couple. I noticed that in another book that we read recently. It may have been a Justice League book. I can't quite remember. And I noticed it on here as well. And just the artist in me that takes me out of the out of the book for a moment. The average person is not going to notice it. Um, but the artist in me, it, it just took me. It takes me out, and I wonder why they are doing that. Like, are they so beholden to, that his S has to look precise, or has the artist? fucked up the s that much that it's like <laughs> like no we need to just it's, really do well, they did that with like, um no, i was gonna wayne say boring, i feel like right? it might be a shortcut wayne, wayne boring yeah i think there was a time it was either wayne boring or kurt swan uh there was like the oh. superman artist they never they, did, they never did it with Kurt Swan or, or Wayne Boring. What would with um what they used to do with Jack Kirby and it wasn't about his S mm-hmm. was they used to redo his faces. No, I thought they used Wayne Boring or Kurt Swan's faces for right. other artists. Work. That's what I meant by used yeah, did it yeah, with yeah. Wayne Boring. Like yeah. that, that was what Superman looked like and they wanted him to look like that. Yeah, but they but they weren't u- reusing it because this was back in the days before computers. Oh, sure. yeah, they yeah. would have the artist re- redraw yeah. the face, all the faces, and yeah. it would p- you, piss Jack Kirby off. Do you think that's? Do you think it's like a um, IP control thing for Warner Brothers? Like I, it has to be this. Like the logo has to be this style, this size. I could totally see that as being some sort of like uh, design nitpick that they want to make consistent. Yeah. Like we want to sell a lot of this. Yeah, maybe. Look, yeah, who knows? Maybe. But, uh, but um, it, it just takes me out. But other than that, I, I like the book. Br- uh, Brian, what do you think? Um, I really liked it as well. I I have a small nitpick of my own. Uh, well, one thing I think the art I like the art actually, and I like his panel work. I think he has mm-hmm. um, when mm-hmm. Superman hears the the guy that is accidentally causing the fire, like they they knock him out. And when he hears mm-hmm. that, the panel is like offset in between the two. It's very cool. I like the idea of him going to meet up with. Um, with Damien, I, I just like that kind of thing, right? When they go and talk to their superhero friends, uh, that scene in particular is very cool because he's not interfering in the fight. Damien is in, and he just gets hit with- versus uh, uh, invasive tests. You yeah, yeah, you yeah that's, think, that's the thing. That's the I don't thing. think they're that invasive. You don't think Bruce oh, was I mean, supposed to do that? Like, well, like hang on. I mean, baby, with, without know? permission, right. running tests on your child is what? Like, that's, without that's permission. A boundary. 
Who else he did would? it without permission. He did that's it without what, that, permission. That's what that's she's joke. saying. That's the that's the so that's the saying. joke. Like, he well, did it without uh, permission. Right. I just find that hard to believe that he wouldn't have access to that data, like with Clark's <laughs> request, even it's, let alone support. Okay. Power of Babel. Okay, you're you're saying you find it hard to believe, but the fact is, as far as the comics go, he didn't. He did. He did it. Uh, uh, he, he, you know, he he did it all on his own, and that's I don't the, think. But and that's it what Wonder Woman in this in this comic. It does. It, no. it does say that. Like it implies it that. Absolutely, she he implies said, that. She's like, you have. Do you wonder why people have trust issues with you? Right. She implies it as far as she knows. But is it this a no, that was my read on it. Was like, wait a second, why wouldn't he have done those tests? That was my immediate read on it. And I think he probably would have, you know? Well, that was my take. Anyway, I, I like the I, comic overall. Um, I thought it was really good. I think he's a cool Superman for the time that he will be Superman, you know? I, um, I, I agree with JD a little bit. Um, so John Timms was the artist on. Um, he took over for Patrick Gleason on Young Justice, so he was working with a lot of these characters right. there. And the tone of that book was very much this style, and he knocked it out of the park. It was great. But this is supposed to be the introduction of a new Superman. I just feel like maybe it should have had a slightly more mature style. Right. Mature art Is, wise? Yes. Or, mature art wise. Oh, see, I thought like, that was um, great. I mean, it's I a little, no, no, no. I really like it. I really, really like it. But this was supposed to be the, the launch of a new Superman. So, like, maybe not even a bigger name, just less vibrant and square jawed and more kind of like Superman, not Young Justice. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's still That's a younger. I'm just upset that it wasn't Yvonne Reese. Actually, yeah, Yvonne Reese would have been would have been a great choice. Like he he moved from here to here. This is Superman for the time being. Also, what where is Clark? He's not dead. He's off planet or something. Did they talk yeah. about that yet? No, they just did that flashback thing, and he. Okay. Oh wait, he's he's like off at War World, right? Or he's about to be on War World or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I I, I think. It, it, I think to fit that this is a younger Superman, yeah. super super boyish Superman, mm-hmm. I think that this art fits it fine. Like I said, it's not the greatest art, um, but I think I think it fits it fine. And honestly, if you get uh, if you put Yvonne Reese on here, and I love Yvonne Reese, but you throw him on here, you're just waiting for him to draw, to bring back Superman to the book. So you want <laughs> yeah. to see him do Superman. So I'm I'm fine with them. Ha- um, having a more distinct look for this Superman, this younger, sleeker Superman. And um, the other, th- so I, I liked the panel layout. I liked the action a lot. This was just a really, really strong book. The other th- thing that I really, really enjoyed was the conflict of the issue. Him saving the day, but then it being undermined immediately and he is powerless to do anything about mm-hmm. it. I loved that. And the truth, justice, and a better world as a replacement for the jingoistic Marxist truth, justice, and the American way, which is nothing wrong with that. I think is really, really fascinating for today. And that's, what's kind of been a lot of, a good handful of people on, on, in the community and online are uncomfortable by that. Like I'm not advocating that Superman needs to 
start declaring war on other countries, but it is kind of like a, you're all powerful and we live in a much more complicated world. What can you do about it? And the idea of this young man thinking he could simplistically approach complication is just ripe with conflict and story goodness. And I'm super excited for that. And I actually thought it was, I actually, uh, I'm sorry. I I actually thought it was kind of cool, especially in after reading you know, also this week, United States or United whatever's of Captain America. Oh, Captain America, yeah, yeah. Where you're talking about all of these people taking the the inspiration from Captain America to try and make a change in their circumstance or in their neighborhood or in their community, right? Um, and then also to then read from this week the untold history of the dc universe and read about um thunder anisa pierce and why she becomes a hero and she's like her being a hero part of trying to cover the things that are you know maybe understandably beneath the scope of like the justice league and and things Mm -hmm. of that nature so i like the idea of what if someone on the power level of someone in the justice league or the big guns but turned their eyes a little bit more inward like some of the more street level criminals um what that might look like i don't say that i'm not saying that this is necessarily going to go there but i like the idea that's what this had me leaning towards and it was kind of cool yeah i think it's i think it's it's um it's it's great and also they made mention or tom taylor makes mention explicitly that he's also lois lane's son Mm -hmm. um and they seed a potential investigation or mystery and that makes me more excited than a robot invasion to punch you know Like, I love them swerving into kind of that also. Um, Yeah, no, this was this was super strong. It was really well. Well done. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also, as JD mentioned, the cover earlier. I love that. I love that kind of. Yeah. Where they do the like homage covers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they did this instead of just the car again. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Because this is a very classic cover as well. And and an important Superman cover from. I mean, Superman number one. So it makes sense for this. Um, so, yeah, let's let's move on to the next book. Um, we are going to talk about Icon and Rocket, season one, number one, written uh, from DC Comics, written by Reginald Hudland, uh, with art by Doug Braithwaite. Long ago, the stranded alien known as Arnis gave up hope of returning to his home planet. Tragically, he'd also realized that his adopted home of Earth was beyond saving. Content to waste away his long life in a human guise, Arnis was part caring, was past caring, until the day a young woman named Raquel Irvin crashed into his life. Soon, she'd convince him to put his incredible power to work again as the heroic icon and to transform her into a sidekick, Rocket. But an innocent question on Rocket's part, why can't we do something about the drugs on my corner, quickly set a chain of events in motion, leading to the pair becoming the most hunted beings on Earth. And they're not just being pursued by earthlings either so um what did you uh, before before this like who has read icon and rocket or just icon before in the milestone days because i i i, I only read like the first two issues brian? i i i remember oh, well you asked brian so i'll let b go, go ahead, b. oh brian raised oh no i just i raised my yeah. hand as oh, a, sorry. i, was I read it um but not that extensively, because that was I was 
pretty young and that was at like a mm -hmm. kind of get what you can from the shelves era of whether when I got there or what, you know, all, all number of yep. things. But um, it was a book you read, not a book you followed kind of thing. Like, yeah. And I just kind of more remember the characters from most of the milestone universe. I more remember the characters and this one crossover that they did with Superman when he had long hair and you could stick things. They had like stickers of the character, you know, that kind of, that level of like awareness of, of them. Um, and then from the show, from Young Justice, um, I kind of rocket around that. Well, um, Len, had you read the series or just kind of? I didn't read the Hawk? entire series. I read a couple of issues and I honestly read them when they came out. So mm -hmm. I didn't remember a whole lot about them. Um, I remember being interested in, in them, thinking they, they were cool. It's cool concept, a cool little twist on kind of like the Superman origin as you w were with Icon. So it was pretty dope. Um, with the um, rebooting or reestablishing of the Milestone universe, uh, this was the book that I was the most excited about. So I nice. was actually um, really excited to to read this book. I'm uh, I'm not so much a fan of Reginald Hudlin's writing at, in when I see him in comics. I like I'm a fan of the man and some of his movie uh, work, but when his comics writing is sometimes like hit or miss with me. But I'm a huge fan of the, the artist Doug Braithwaite, so I was interested in that um, and reading reading the comic book. Uh, I actually was thought it was cool. I thought it was a nice little introduction to the origin um, for those who maybe you know if you buy the book by his cover, you may think you're getting Rocket and Icon right off the box. No, this is definitely Rocket and Icon year one, maybe year one. January, January yeah. through June. Uh, it's week one, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, so you got to you got to pull back on that a little bit. Um, but in in so doing, and despite how I think that the dialogue is maybe a little forced at times, um, it still was a good good book, well paced, um, well a good introduction into this universe, kind of like letting you know who these heroes are, not taking for granted that you know, have any idea of who Icon is, who Rocket is, maybe like um, B, you've been introduced to them coming back into the into the sphere more because of Young Justice and stuff. But even then, they don't really tell you who they are. They kind of like yeah, just yeah. show up. Um, yeah. uh, so this is really a truly a distilling of their story, of their origin, of their relationship, and it is a different relationship that you usually see depicted in comics. So. I thought it was pretty dope. It was cool. Yeah, I uh, completely agreed. It was it was awesome. Um, I was excited about it because um, I don't know. I just I always like well, he's a Superman analog, right? So I mm -hmm. always like that kind of thing. That was cool. I didn't remember that he doesn't just look like that. That they right. like he uh, when he crash lands on Earth, they do a genetic reading and he regresses to like an infant form which I think is a really interesting idea um, mm -hmm. that, you know, the idea is that it will help them because people don't generally attack their own young. And so if you crash land on an alien planet, this will help you out. Now, I don't know. Does he, uh, 
did he retain all of his like adult awareness throughout his entire life? I don't like, I don't know what happens with him, but I'm interested to see if they get into it. I like the parallel, which I wasn't expecting between this and another time that he was convinced to help out mm -hmm. that, like, in the twenties. There, there was another, another uh, friend of his a woman that convinced him to do something. And he knows it's, you know, it's a, it's an uphill battle at best. Um, so that was cool. I'm happy to see the costume has green again in the milestone returns number zero. I think it was like gray red, red and yellow. only. Yeah. And, and I like the, I don't know exactly what they're going to go with because he doesn't show up in costume in this issue. Um, right. But uh, also, I didn't realize Doug Braithwaite did it when he did um, Par uh, Universe X, which is one of my favorites. And looking back, I'm like, oh, that's why I love the art. This is great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you guys for the most part. Like, I, this was a really strong issue. I just, I, I, for a first issue, I, it should have been a zero issue. Hmm. For a first issue, it was, it was all exposition, which is cool. Um, but... I still felt wanting, you know, like I wanted more of their conversation, which I guess is a good thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it, it, um, it, it, there's sometimes I'll get to the end of a book and I'll be like, I want to, I want to keep going. Um, and then there's other times when it's like, I'm going to wait for a couple to yeah. add up before I keep going. And this was more that this wasn't like a, I can't wait for the next. It's more like I'm going to hold off and I'll catch it when it's stacked up. Because okay. this was a wonderful zero issue. This right. was all uh, origin and groundwork. Um, even even like, you know, Ultimate Spider-Man 1 through 7. I was just going to say Ultimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, <laughs> those were terrible in issue. Well, they were enjoyable in uh, issue, but it was like, I, the trade is a much better experience because it really gives you the whole thing. It doesn't like hold you off for a month. Mm -hmm. It did take him a while time, to get into that costume. Took, I'm, I'm not I, kidding. It took seven issues. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It took seven issues. Which is seven months when you're a yeah. kid and they're coming out. Yeah, yeah. This was <laughs> this was awesome. I knew I do very little about uh, the origin of Icon and Rocket. I really, really love the conflict. I like the idea of it's not just it's not just a uh, you know chiseled old ma old man that she has to convince. He's lived hundreds of years and has experienced hundreds and hundreds of years of um humanity's assholery mm -hmm. and has a um, thousands of year lifespan before this and who knows yeah. how like all of this planet is like ah this place <laughs> you know it's, just, maybe, it's, yeah. it's um it's pretty it's it's uh it's fascinating and i, I think I, I i will revisit when it's kind of a little bit more meteor chunks personally. well i i do think for me, as you know, uh, infamously, or depending on your um, senior trade weight, right, right. <laughs> there you go. Like so, I do think that advertising this, and I think it's all of the milestone books, but I mostly have noticed it on this one. Advertising it as Icon and Rocket Season One definitely lends itself to you waiting yeah. for mm. that first season to finish and then checking it out. You know. So the, I, all of, that kind of like falls just a fight, a, a inner fight with it, you know. All of this, all of this has been very weird in regards to publication because these were supposed to be digital firsts that were going to get collected later. Like even the static was supposed to be an OGN oh. mm. oh, a digital. Like yeah, like they've they've swapped up the the you know 
publication style of these uh, icon books a couple times. So maybe this was supposed to be like small 99 cent chunks on digital, not unlike uh, a lot of those other digital first books where it just like cuts you in the middle. Which I think I'm probably a little more frustrating. This is yeah. much better. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we've we've noticed before on some of the digital first that we read, not as digital first, where it's like this character is half of their body is on the bottom of half of the page, and then it's cut out from in the digital first one. Um, I mean, and, and there has perfect. been a lot of exactly right. <laughs> there has been a lot of you know publishing strategy change. I assume at DC with a lot of uh, management uh, mm-hmm. changes. So yeah. Yeah, and, consistency yeah. is not the uh, soup du jour at DC Comics right now. Um, before before we move on to that, it sounds like everybody enjoyed it. Like we'll, yeah. we'll probably uh-huh. revisit this book again. Um, I liked this more than um, Static. I did not like Static at all. I, I, wasn't, yeah. I, I wasn't here for that review. I thought yeah. Static was from a totally different place and time, yeah. and was poorly <laughs> executed even for that time in which it was. <laughs> I was expecting to like static, maybe the you know I was I'm most familiar with static, and so I was like ah static, but this one like sailed. This was much stronger. Yeah, yeah, way way stronger. But uh, static though, like the first three fourths of the book were a mess, but I really really liked the end, the lat like the last like chunk of the book, the the whole fight. I liked that a lot. So I was like. I'm anyway. still laughing about the thing, whatever chemical, I forget who it is, the chemical, play Alva chemicals, it is apparently, they, <laughs> this chemical they give to the police and is like a, a crowd deterrent, turns people hey. into superheroes, they, to yeah, the police let's... like, hey, can we have some chemicals? They're like, ah, I don't know, take this stuff, we don't want that, maybe it, I don't know, maybe it melts people's face. Let's not relitigate it, we're, we're over on time already. Though. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're going to push right through, uh, just a reminder, if you like what we're doing, support the show, patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Um, if you can't donate any, any, anything, the, the very least, please, uh, uh, on youtube.com slash, yeah, tell a friend on youtube.com slash Go or facebook.com slash podcasts. like, comment, subscribe, uh, share, high five of the whole nine. Um, it would greatly appreciate it. It would totally help us out. Um, the next book we're going to talk about, though, is um, a little bit of a weird one. So sorry in advance. Uh, it's called Possessive Number One by Zenoscope. Uh, we don't really talk much about Zenoscope comics, so I thought this might be a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Written by Hans Radinoff and Adam F. Goldberg, um, who I believe that's the same Adam Goldberg of the show creator, the Goldbergs. Oh, really? Um, with, I think so. Uh, with art by Eduardo Garcia. Uh, solicitations say this. Let's not mince words. Todd's a loser. He has no job, no prospects, and almost no drive. With his wife ready to take their children and go, Todd buys the family their dream home. Todd takes a chance on a house that needs much more upkeep than a few coats of paint and a new carpet. And little does Todd know, in the attic resides a terrifying and deadly spirit who does not, well, who does not do well with cohabitation. But while this frightening specter may have murderous tendencies, she might just be what Todd needs to turn his life around. Forgetting Sarah Marshall meets the grudge, and <laughs> you know you're in for a hell of a ride. Possessive that number one. Solicitation is on the first page of this comic. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh, which I actually think is kind of helpful because a lot of that is not in this comic. So it tells uh, especially, you, like, yeah. Especially the cute tone of it. So, like, uh, right. my, I. 
I hated the experience of this comic, but for some reason, <laughs> but for some reason enjoyed it as a whole. And I realized I hated the experience because I fucking hate Todd. He's an idiot. And mm. I, like it was, it was successful because it elicited the right emo or the, the emotion they were going for from me. Does that make sense? Like I hated experiencing it because I disliked Todd, which was the goal. Okay. Right. Okay. Although, did um, you come out having enjoyed read the comic or no? I'm glad I read it. Uh. And, and knowing, <laughs> knowing, oh, I'm glad I read it. Um, but knowing that, uh, so like in the solicitation, it mentions this is supposed to be kind of the, the beginning of a slapdash, mm. almost rom-com version, like forgetting Sarah Marshall meets the grudge. That is not in this book. Right. But knowing that that's where they're going to try to go it makes me kind of forgive what's missing from this book. Like they put that right out. At the yeah. I, I think it was a really good idea for them to give that yeah. synopsis because that is a very unexpected turn. I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but I don't think they normally end up with the villain romantically uh, in the middle of the horror movie. Um, and that, like you said, that doesn't happen here. I, I found myself like, uh, maybe had it happened, I would have been in, more interested yeah. there's like no way really that i'm going to keep reading this comic anyway this is not <laughs> right. this is not my kind of comic but um i would like to see a little bit of that <laughs> since i was reading it anyway uh, but uh yeah i mean it's fine it, it's well illustrated um these uh fake repairman robbers <laughs> who apparently still have a business, even though they steal things they from all of their clientele. Off, right, right. Right. I, I do like the, I like the conversation, the one-sided conversation on the phone. I was like, oh, don't worry about bad Yelp reviews. Yeah. Everyone sucks. Like, it's like, right. well, they got bad Yelp reviews because they're thieves. Right. And that's all these people did. They were like, oh, they stole my TV. I'm going to leave a bad Yelp review. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It's just it's a dumb comic book. Um, I'm not going to read this. I I'm glad I read it because it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so I'll say that. However, finishing the book, I too, like Noel, did not like this. Todd is that his name? Um, he's a jerk. He's a jerk yeah. off and he deserves the, he deserves to get fleeced for all his stuff. He deserves to get his finger bitten off as he does in this, mm -hmm. in this comic. And he deserves whatever else happens, but what he doesn't deserve is my money. So I won't be reading any more of possessive. Uh, the, the other thing I, I, I thought that the, um, the tone that they were going for, like you said, no, is not here in the book. Yeah. But I didn't even see any indication that it was leading there. You know, like I was wanting to see like a little wink somewhere that lets you know, like, oh, this is going to go someplace a little left, and it and and it really no. didn't. And it was and, the flippant uh, real estate agent, and that's about as close as you get to like, yeah, I guess hey, this is a little zany. But yeah, like even a literal wink between yeah, the right. fool and the uh, and Todd would have worked. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's, yeah. there's, there's no, um, it's not, uh, it's not inherent enough. You're just, like, they do one thing really well, which is make you dislike Todd. Um, mm -hmm. but they don't kind of, they, 
they don't redeem him at all, which is fine. Because uh, I do think like that's kind of like an old comedian thing too. Like you try and lose the audience intentionally. Mm-hmm. And then you gain them back. So I like that they were going for it with like, I'm going to make you hate Todd. And then you're going to be surprised when you care for him. I think that's what they were going for. Just that second part of the equation is not in this issue. Yeah. Maybe it will be, but it's not here. No, it's I not. just hate him. Huh. And I, and I am a believer also in like storytelling capability and like mechanics are very mm-hmm. important, but so is what you choose to tell a story about. And so, you know, if I'm like, wow, you told you really did a a well-crafted story about a guy that I didn't like at all. And I didn't enjoy reading that. That's not good. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I wouldn't call that a good book. You did this so well that I don't want to keep going. Right. Exactly. Um, (laughs) um, Speaking of, did uh, before, did anybody else get a chance to read vinyl? Yeah, I I read vinyl. I read vinyl. Did you read both issues? Yeah. Yeah. I read I, the, I, we talked about the first one. I read it then and, and did we? liked it more than I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, we reviewed the first issue, yeah. No. Maybe I wasn't here. I'm sorry. Perhaps. I don't remember. I don't recall. I, well, was, I was, think you were. But who knows? Uh, <laughs> let's, talk about the, let's talk about the second issue uh, really quickly. Uh, by Doug Wagner. Uh, Image Comics by Doug Wagner uh, with art by Daniel Hilliard. Our serial killer, Walter, has sealed himself in an underground bunker with a sunflower death cult. Now he's being hunted by an insane myriad of husks, sunflower girls, and monsters. Everything the cult can send at him. Good thing Walter didn't come alone. That's right. Walter brought along friends. So this book has turned into a serial killers versus evil cultists. Right. Yeah. The and, extraordinary gentleman serial killers. And, and I love it. Mm. I hate that I love it, but I love it. This really? is so weird. Yeah, I love it. Uh, um... I felt the same way about this team's previous book, Plastic. Oh, you you said that. See, you wrote ah. it. You said that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a everything about this book is deplorable, but it's done or about plastic was deplorable, but it's done so well. Like they they created a scenario where you're almost compelled to root for a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're doing it again. They're creating this wild scenario where you're forced, as the as the you know the viewer, you're forced to have to or to root for a a team of serial killers now. Like it's it's very weird, but it's done really well. I, I liked it a lot. What did you guys think? I thought it's done very well. It's bonkers um i i know i read the first issue so i but i don't really remember a lot of it so it took me like a little bit of like trying to reconnect the dots of what was happening but it's so fun and imaginative and and going someplace where like take you down the road and then hard left and you're like oh shit and then it takes a hard right before you're like oh fuck um so i'm like it was fun it was dumb fun again this is a, another book that i think that i would even enjoy more in a trade maybe but yeah. as 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 its own it's a lot of it, it was cool it's got it's almost to me it's like if the team of invincible did a, a crazy action blood splattered horror horror comic book yeah, it, because of the it does style. feel it does feel a little ryan otley or yeah. little Corey walker like especially yeah. how they handle um the gruesome mm-hmm. feature or like the gore it's very yeah. almost like image style right <laughs> right but it's fun it's a it's a big dumb fun book i i enjoyed it for the most part 
There's a certain uh, lightness to the art also, which I think really helps move through the book. If this was drawn in an any more realistic way, I don't think I would enjoy it as, uh, as That's I do. That's true. I, yeah. I agree with that. There's a, there's almost a, there's a sick playful nature with which they sheen everything. Yeah. Or apply it looks everything. like, I haven't it read it, it but the outside of ice cream, man, you know, it's this like, yeah. this like externally kind of bright, um, halcyon suburban kind of mm-hmm. feel to it where these things are happening yeah yeah and if this was if this was done by like liam sharp a la yes. yeah batman reptile it would, it would be gross and stupid and i wouldn't yeah. have patience for it yeah, right. yeah. but right that they approached this terribleness with kind of almost a bright yeah. Glee is it, it it does a lot. It it, it does a lot for uh yeah. mileage. Yeah. Because as I said for the last one, like I, I'm not really into any of the things of this music of this uh of this comic, including music and serial killers are not like things that I am am super uh you know, into just uh but but I still find myself enjoying reading it. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't keep reading it. I don't think if we weren't reading it for the show, um, I could see possibly reading a trade. Uh, maybe um, there is one scene where uh, so he's recruiting these two twins, and you get a close up of this like circular saw uh, that has blood all over it, and it, that's the moment where I'm like, oh yeah, these people like hurt people that are not deserving of it, presumably, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's awful. It's, it's, yeah. It, it's every time that you start to, um, and, and that's where I'll give the writer, um, uh, Doug Wagner, um, more praise too. Cause like every time that you get used to these characters or mm. you want to start rooting for them, he will go out of his way to remind you mm they're awful so mm-hmm. stop it and then also, they're trying to throw him it, in jail right the fbi guy yeah. that he's after like how does how does that yeah. work do you guys know like why well, isn't he already in jail if he um, if they know I, where he is they haven't really revealed that yet yeah, it was, okay. it, was yeah. it was a part of a whole undercover thing where they were trying to get him to lead them to someplace and uh, he right, was right, taking right, right. he was taking those meetings as like me and my best friend are meeting again He's like, you know that I don't like you. He's like, yeah, but you're the closest thing I have to a best friend. Right, right. Um, uh, Hal 2814 said he liked plastic, so he'll check out vinyl. This is very, very much in the same tone. Plastic is is really fun. And they're going up against this apparently supernatural villainy, right? Which mm-hmm. is probably worse. Maybe not. I don't know. But they're at least not good. It's not like a team of serial killers is going out and you're rooting for the bad guys. In the this is this is like the this is like a so if you say like Godzilla versus Kong is like you know the epitome of monster movie mashups. Hmm. This is like the mashup of true crime documentaries against each other. You've got murderous cult and serial killers fighting. It's, I think it's they just actually a, have yeah. power, though. What do you What do you guys think? Like they, um, I do think it's supernatural. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's yeah, like for supernatural in the way that Jason Voorhees is supernatural, right? Uh, yeah, like, like it's not like Dante like and yeah, I mean, shooting yeah. energy blasts at the, at them. No. just right. but there is a supernatural element to their existence. Right, right, right. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's let's talk about the so JD's got to open up the shop and I got to go help. So let's talk about the last book, um, which is no surprise because we've talked about every single one of these issues, and that is the other history of the DC universe. Number five by DC Comics, written by John Ridley with art by Giuseppe Camacoli and Andrea Cucci. Um, solicitations are being a superhero runs in Anissa Pierce's family. Uh, it's been a part of her life in one way or another since her father, Jefferson Pierce, first started to fight crime as Black Lightning. Despite what her parents tell her, despite what the world tells her, Anissa knows that she has the same calling as her father. But as Anissa takes on the mantle of thunder, she must grapple with a very different world than the one her father first patrolled. So I, uh, full disclosure, I read everything but the last five pages of this um, because these are meaty books. No Anybody boy. that's reading this in issues, it's it is a wonderful experience. But and we say this every single issue. It's a wonderful experience, but it's also like homework it's a you have to pay attention and you have to sit and like dedicate time to it this isn't passive reading like most comics are um so i could see that being like a barrier for some people just mm-hmm. paw through time is my greatest enemy but um everything i read thus far was phenomenal like it always is but i liked it even more as a bookend to the first issue because you know we started with jefferson pierce and his perspective and how hard-headed it was for the most part and his level of and or lack thereof self-reflection but then the same exact events are mirrored here with some Anissa. of them some of them yeah some of them you notice the same page um, at one time yeah that was cool um the uh, uh and especially especially the 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 bit with dwight his um the 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 student so jefferson mm-hmm. Mears is a teacher the student that he saw so much potential in but was a little soft and wasn't dedicated so he rode that kid he pushed him he pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and, and to the point where he got accepted to a magnet school and he goes and be successful and yay and then he sees him again and the, the guy was very or dwight in adulthood successful was flippant with jefferson and jefferson was like you know, he just didn't understand what I was doing for him. But Dwight's perspective now, five issues later or four issues later, is I was closeted. This homophobic man kept calling me soft, was torturing me for it. And my, I had to my it got to the point where my mother moved me into a magnet school because I couldn't go there anymore. And I couldn't like mentally handle it. Mm-hmm. And that was so that was such a powerful revelation especially to Anissa who is closeted gay and has issues with her father's abandonment I was like wow I I don't know like it was so simple but it still like flicked me in the ear Mm -hmm. I was like that was wonderful and and that piecing stuff like that together in an anthology series is crazy hard especially doing it effectively um, and then there was a couple of also ear markers um, in the other books uh, that were reflected here. Uh, I, without yeah. realizing it, Anissa was like the linchpin of all the other issues, save for Montoya, because they all kind oh, of intersect around. Yeah, the they all kind of intersect yeah. around the outsiders. They all kind of intersect around um, Black Lightning, and they just they overlap in very subtle ways. Um, I, this was this was great. What did you guys think? I thought it was good. I, I I thought, you know, this continues along the excellent 
you know, course that these books have been taking and this, you know, this history, this re it's not a reimagining. It's not a retelling. It's just a, a, the, other another pair of lens look at the dc universe um so i really appreciated it this book probably more so than any of the other books had to do a lot more is like we've mentioned earlier before we turned on the, the the cameras it's a lot more meaty is a lot more text in this one which makes sense because of all of the characters that have been uh, uh highlighted so far Anissa's character probably has had the least amount of published works out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting of her life story is done literally in this book, you know? Um, So that made, I I was fine with that. The artwork, the panel layout continues to be stellar. Um, The story that it tells about someone grappling with their own self-identification, uh, you know, sexuality, you know, how they identify themselves, how they ex- choose to explore that, as well as, you know, not just their sexuality, but also their 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 identity as a black woman, their identity as a hero, um, their relationship with their parents, you know, um, being a child of divorce and what does that look like? I think all of that is explored in this book very, very um uh, well, uh, in a in a detail that does not does not lose any of its emphasis for for sake of trying to put more boom bash in here, yeah. um, which which I liked, and at the end, with it being the like you said the book end to the Jefferson Pierce story, it kind of coalesces in the family story of the Pierces as well because it does bring in aspects of her her sister Jen who was also a hero, um, who I thought it was very I thought it was very cool because they don't negate anything from Jen's story as she was depicted in the justice society because she's not depicted as having these same type of issues that Anissa has. Um, so I like, but, but it's still, there's still enough there that she did have issues that she had to talk about. And this story with this book was um, able to explore. It's fascinating reading. It's very cool. Um, and I think that it is its perspective on the DC universe is long overdue as all of these books is. And it is a um, DC is to be commended to lending the the publishing and the format uh, to these books that is telling these stories of characters that are not household names and giving them the 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 prestige and the and um the 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 shine that they deserve i loved it hey, brian um, uh, yeah thoughts, i really liked brian. it what's that final thought? i really liked it too uh, the as as we mentioned earlier they reuse one of the pages from black lightnings issue mm-hmm. where he goes to talk to Dwight and then he and Anissa uh, 
have lunch or something at a at a diner and they are the same page with some different colors and there's word balloons at different places but it's they're two different perspectives um now also i enjoyed seeing that version of the outsiders that she was a part of i thought that was a really cool book at the time and i was like oh yeah so it was nice to get to revisit that i wonder was Jefferson Pierce homophobic ever, or did he just create that to have a character who was homophobic? You know what I mean? I, I don't remember. Uh, so it's it's from the perspective of Dwight. Sure. So it, the reality sure. doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah. Well, Dwight and kind of Anissa, who knows yeah, him very well. Okay. You know, so, right. So um, I, I would argue that it doesn't the reality of his his we've already seen his perspective and he right. never well, considered true. so and he never considered that however his actions were interpreted as sure. so oh, the answer is, is yes and no to have hurt someone without knowing or even yeah. thinking that you were helping them is so so yeah. so yeah he, and, pl- and plus what this so book- he is but isn't yeah but 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 to, to that what this book does is to say is that when she does finally address it with him, mm-hmm. he has to reconcile with himself yeah. of the certain feelings. So in a way, it's saying that unbeknownst to him, mm. he was a bit homophobic. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. That's true. Which I appreciate because, you know, I think this is true of, I think this could be true of not a lot, but certainly men in general but just speaking as a black man i know that this is true of i'll say more than a few Mm. black men i'll put it that way and i'm being conservative when i say that that they are homophobic unbeknownst to themselves if you ask them they'd say no but when you really when you dig in and you ain't got to dig but so far you can actually see it. And then they, it, and it's just a matter of whether or not they're ever called on it or, or brought to a point where they have to actually deal with it. And this is, this was Jefferson Pierce's moment. And to the credit of uh, a hero, he, when he is called on it, does not take it. Right. Um, and that is their coming together moment as a family, which, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, there's a, there's a uh, page here that I hadn't noticed at first, but, we some we all, but some of the audience may remember the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" policy of the mm-hmm. U.S. Yeah, military, yeah. right? That which is a major step at the time, and luckily we have progressed further than that, and um, it seems regressive at the moment. So that was you can be in the military if you're gay, just don't mention it, and nobody will ask you, right? And right. the the imagery that I really like here is the Uncle Sam in the three monkey see mm-hmm. no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil pose. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that could be an iconic <laughs> rallying image of its own, you know? Uh, yeah. So I thought that was very cool. Uh, we also see at the end, I was like, whoa, hang on a second. We're in the New 52 and Future State, which is not really much to do with the book. I think they just wanted to. We're getting closer to it in time, and they wanted to include all of the different heroes of color that are that are in that final image. Right. So, 
Yeah. The image, the image that I actually enjoyed was the image where she talks about the election of a president mm-hmm. in 2004. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, a president who many may not really enjoy, and because of the whole, um, uh, the whole situation with the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" kind of like that president rides that wave to an election. The image is of George Bush Jr., but the president she's referring to is in the DC universe when they elected Luthor as the president. Yes, I remember it, that coinciding. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. I dug that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, th- this book is this is um um the way that this book was constructed and the effort and time that they put into it, this is definitely going to be an evergreen kind of seminal piece of, yeah. of DC that you could hand to anyone. Like this could be taught in schools. Like this could be handed over to non-comic fans. This is, this is awesome. This whole thing was awesome. So, but is this the last issue? Yeah. I was wondering, yeah. is there one more or this is it? No. We don't get it. Okay. Try- okay. okay. No, and it makes um, even more sense that they would include they've, that. Uh, yeah, they've yeah. already they've already solicited the hardcover, which I think comes out in like October or something. Okay. Oh, oh, that'll be a fun October because that's when Far Sector comes out as oh. in a collection. Also, I think this is a new costume for her on the bottom, and I mean on the last page, and I like it. Um, yeah, I think that that's her her more, most recent costume. Yeah, like I mean, has she even appeared in that costume yet? Have we seen her in this era? Um, I, don't I don't know. know. I haven't seen her around, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I will say uh, we should probably wrap up. I have to uh, go help out with the shop, All right. and I miss the baby's face. Um, so uh, I miss JD too. Yeah, little, little JD, little little baby JD. Um, uh, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you guys about comic books. Uh, it's my escape time for the last hour and a half, and I I missed it the last two weeks. Um, uh, so, uh, really quickly, remember to like and subscribe and write about us in your diary. Do all that other stuff where you put your first name and our last name in cursive and you pretend to be our friends forever. Oh, uh, turn on notifications yeah. so you don't miss our midweek thunder rounds, which we will thunder start doing rounds. again. Thunder rounds. Um, I did drop a video about um, CGC slabbing. I got my first round of, of graded books back, and I did a video on that. Um, so we're going to do a lot more content like that um, coming soon now that we're all a little bit more settled. Um, Len, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me any place you find uh, social medias on at the Bat Tribble, and you can follow my currently only ongoing podcast the Me Show Mission uh, at, me, at Me Show Mission on all social medias and YouTube. Uh, Brian, BrianLeibDesign.com and uh, everyone should go there and look at things that I've designed and write me emails about whatever you like. Anything. Yeah, uh, so, St. So, um, Saucy, write him anything about the movie Old. Yeah, um, don't worry about spoilers. I'm not going to see it. And I already know the twist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, uh, you can find me wherever the social media for a cold pop or on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, M R B A R T O C C I. Besides that, we will see you next week. We'll see you on the interwebs. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, put them in the comments and or email us at cold pop podcast, cold pop podcast at gmail.com. Why did I? Sounds right. Boom. Cold pop go, go at gmail.com. Uh, good thing I fixed it. 
<laughs> I wonder how many emails we got in that time before you. Right? I know uh, at least four or five thousand. Our, oh, our viewership is through the roof. Anyway, uh, I will talk to you guys next week. I'll talk to the rest of you guys uh, later. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and be safe. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.